Hey everyone, welcome to Get Real, How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. My name is Ashley Ross. Dr. Weinhold, how are you doing today? Hi, Ashley. I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited about this episode. It's it's one that uh, personally I've had a lot of experience with and also professionally working with people who have issues around betrayal conflicts. Wonderful. I'm really excited for it too. I think this is a topic that a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. And so I'm anxious to help people in the audience uh, get more real in their relationships and tame their inner demons. And uh, the first step in taming their inner demons, demons is naming them. When you can name it, you can tame it, as I say. And exactly. uh, so that's what my goals today will be to put some more meat around the whole concept of betrayal, what it means, how it happens and how it affects relationships and what to do about it. That makes a lot of sense uh, for a continuation. So what are you going to share today about the betrayal in couple relationships? I'm really interested in this topic. Myself. Uh, you know, people, when they think about betrayal in couples, they always think of sexual infidelity, the biggie. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously I've had clients who had to deal with that. And, sure. and I've helped a number of clients deal with that highly successfully in their relationship. So they didn't have to end the relationship. But I found, and often couples don't see this, there are many other forms of betrayal that aren't as dramatic as that. And I've kind of uh, put together a list of 12 uh, kind of uh, common kinds of betrayal that we don't necessarily pay much attention to. And so uh, here's a uh, 12 acts of betrayal that could be worse than sexual infidelity. And I'm just going to read a couple of them and maybe you'll get some idea what I'm talking about here. When a, uh, when a, a person gives up on the relationship for no reason and says, uh, I, and the person may say, I'd rather cheat, have him cheat on me than hear him say, I don't love you anymore. And that's, that's an ultimate kind of betrayal that I think is even more devastating than a sexual uh, infidelity. Uh, uh, colluding with another person about our relationship problems before you came uh, uh, to me would hurt me more than cheating. And that's, again, that's a form of, of betrayal is, is sharing things with someone else about your relationship without your partner knowing that or without permission to do that. And so that's another kind of betrayal, ripping me off financially. Uh, cheating, depending on the context, uh, just says, I, I wanted to get you out of the relationship, and I hope I could uh, get away with it by uh, ripping ripping me off, saying I'm I'm willing to compromise your, your long-term well-being in order to better my own. And that kind of betrayal just destroys relationships. And so on and on and on. There's there's 12 of them. I'll let, I won't necessarily read all 12 of them. I don't have time. But you get the idea that there's other kinds of betrayals that, uh, yeah, yes, as we scroll down, you can see, maybe read, stop it for a minute, let people read the last ones there. And, and the last one is telling me he doesn't like me as a person anymore. And those kind of, uh, betrayals are devastating to relationships and uh, very hard to overcome. But there are other kinds of betrayals that I've focused on too that 
uh, I once did an exercise with men and women, and I read a list of betrayals that men experience. And every time they were lined up in a line, and every time they experienced one of them, they stepped forward. Amazing to see the commonality of, of many of these. The same with women, line of women. And every time you identify with one of the betrayals, I read step forward. And so I have now put that into two self quizzes for people, uh, one for men, one for women. And, and basically it's a way of, uh, and I think there's 40 or 50 items on each. And so uh, if we can put one of those up on the screen, I'll talk about that a minute. The, the idea is that, again, it helps people name their demons so they can tame them. And, and if you can name them, then it's much easier to do that. And uh, so here's the female version, wherever betrayed. The first one, uh, felt that my needs came second to those of a man. Did you ever experience that, uh, Ashley? Yes, I can definitely, definitely relate to that one. Or... Uh, I'm told that I'm not pretty or I'm too aggressive Oh yeah. <laughs> or criticized or ashamed by a man for ex expressing my anger. Mm -hmm. These are forms of betrayal that, uh, that women experience, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're afraid to walk the streets alone at night because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. and, and these fears, these kind of indications of, of, of forms of betrayal are very important. And so I ask people to put a yes next to the ones that I identify with and then count up the number of yeses. And if you scroll down to the bottom of this uh, inventory, there's a there's a kind of a scale that says uh, interpretation of results. If you had under 10, there's some risk of long-term effects from your past betrayals. But at 11 to 20, there's pretty strong, uh, strong risk. And then 21 plus, it's really high risk of possible long-term effects from past betrayals. So what are the long-term effects of past betrayals? Well, the way I look at betrayal is that it's uh, it destroys trust in relationships. And it destroys trust when you look at all these different kinds through maybe a thousand little cuts or small betrayals that end up to you feeling like you can't trust this person. And so that's really what I see happening in a lot of the relationships that I deal with. People who, who've had uh, perhaps uh, a long-term experience with betrayal. Although again, if you were betrayed in the past, likely that's gonna be drawn into your current relationship when the relationship gets close enough and safe enough. And so you will attract betrayals if you don't resolve them. And so the obvious way to avoid that is resolve them <laughs> or heal, uh, resolve the conflicts around them. So uh, I'm, I'm saying to people that, uh, that this kind of um, understanding of what betrayal is all about, and I'll talk more about what it means and what, how to work through it. Uh, but what happens when people are betrayed, unfortunately, there are six ways that they try to deal with it, none of which are effective. And so I'd like to just mention 
what doesn't work. <laughs> and the first one and the one that is most used is revenge. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. How many times have you heard that one? Uh, many times, and I feel like sometimes I even default to that response it, it, a lot of the is, times. It is the first, and it's even actually in the Bible. It's called the Talionic response. It's called the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm -hmm. That if you were hurt, you have the right then to hurt somebody back. And, and so that's the first one that really, and it, it also leads to a lot of energy put into plotting, plotting revenge. I mean, it may not be easy to uh, execute revenge. And so you have to f figure out the, the best way, you know, how to get back at them. <laughs> and that takes an awful lot of energy and leads to no growth in consciousness at all. The second way is, uh, is what I call splitting. If you saw the other person as being all good, now they are all bad. You split against them. And the third one is related to that, and it's, it's denial of their worth ever. They now were a worthless human being. I don't know why I was in relationship with them, and, and I'm glad they're out of my life. And that one doesn't work either. And then another one, which is, is really, uh, I think, the most devastating and dangerous one, is people get cynical when they're after they've been betrayed. Their their lack their their trust in everything starts to crumble, and and they get cynical about life in general. They get cynical about the government, about you know their work, their their relationships, everything, and and so that kind of state of consciousness just drags you down and down and down and down. Uh, the word cynic comes from a Greek word meaning dog. It's like you're getting down with the dogs when you're getting cynical. And then another one that people have as an as a outcome of betrayal is they get paranoid. And they start to put tests up for their, their partner to have to, have, to, have to jump through hoops in order for, to, to, for me to trust them again. Are you, are you you're shaking, shaking your head? If you want to add anything to this, go ahead. I am going through all of the things I think about when I, I think of any kind of betrayal yeah. <laughs> I've gotten in my life. And all of these things are just really pinpointing, um, like, uh, like you said, that knee-jerk reaction of how you oftentimes choose to resolve um, th these types of betrayal. And I'm really excited to get to the next step of this, which I think is going to be more helpful. <laughs> There's one, one more that is, is on the ineffective list, mm -hmm. and that is self-betrayal. Yes. You start to distrust yourself and say, how could I have been so stupid to mm -hmm. have gotten in relationship with that jerk? And, and none of those really resolve anything except to cause a lot of internal turmoil and, and uh, uh, conflict inside yourself. And, and usually does not lead to any kind of uh, new thinking about the conflict and about the betrayal. So what do you do that's more effective? Well, the first thing I say is write all of them down, all the times you've ever been betrayed in your life, and look for patterns. Because as I said, behavior that doesn't get resolved will show up again and again and again. So you, when I did that, I had I like had over two pages of betrayals, and I saw the pattern right away. 
it was all women who had betrayed me in my life and, and all kinds of close relationships where I had gotten betrayed. And uh, so it, that's the first step is look for patterns. Then you know where <laughs> if you don't do it, it's going to show up there again <laughs> if you don't resolve it. So that's the first step. And then uh, I think it's important for people to realize that, uh, uh, as I said, the, 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 the natural tendency, if you had betrayals in the past that you haven't healed, you're going to attract them again. So in essence, you have a part to play in the betrayal. I mean, you contributed something to that, even if it's other betrayals you never healed. And now I've showed up again. And so the important part of it is not to put all the blame on the other person, but look at what your responsibility was. Maybe there were early warning signals that you totally had a blind spot to and ignored because of past betrayals where that happened, where you didn't didn't pay attention enough to what was going on. So it, it's, it's a, I, I call it developing compassion for yourself and the other person and understanding the betrayal from a larger perspective that there are forces sometimes at play in a betrayal that we don't have much control over except to, to now understand them and learn the lessons from them so we don't repeat them again. So that's the main way you, you handle betrayals is look at what, was part of this that was unfinished from the past and get that finished so it doesn't happen again. And and it generally, the unfinished business part of any conflict or particularly betrayal conflicts are four things. Either you could have said something that might've helped and might've changed it, or you could have done something that might've uh, changed it. Or the other person could have said something or done something that might have changed the whole thing. And those are usually the unfinished business that has to has to be finished before you can avoid having that happen again in your life. So that that is uh, uh, part of what, uh, I, and I guess in that sense, you have to ask your question, who was the betrayer? How much did I contribute to the betrayal? by my own blind spots for help, for example. That doesn't excuse the betrayer. It just says, you know, I have, I see where I may have missed some things that could have maybe headed this off at the past and I didn't. Uh, so then after that, uh, we come to the, the biggie, which is forgiveness. Forgiving yourself and others. Now, it's pretty damn hard to forgive somebody who's really betrayed you. It takes them a lot of uh, kind of looking at it from a larger perspective, looking at one of the things I've just, some of the things I've just said, what did I contribute? What are the patterns that I brought to this relationship on my betrayals from the past? All of that adds into the whole f process of forgiveness. And the, the word forgive, interestingly, means to give back. I mean, you know, there, there are religious meanings to forgiveness and all that, but turn the other cheek and everything. But in, in a psychological way, it means forgive, give back. So what you're really doing in, in, a, in a forgiveness is giving back to yourself uh, what you learned about yourself in this uh, betrayal, as a result of the betrayal, and giving back to the other person anything that you took on 
as your responsibility and, and that wasn't yours. It was that other person's. And so it's getting a clear line about what was mine, what was yours. That's the give back process that I see. And, and so it's uh, forgiveness is a, is a, is a high quality process. And there's a lot of, I've, uh, there's a couple of, uh, uh, again, uh, protocols in the book about how to do that. There's a whole chapter on forgiveness in the intimate combat book and, and on betrayal rather. And then there's a part on forgiveness as a way to th go through it. But also it's important to understand what, what forgiveness is not. And it's not uh, ego gratification. I'm so great. I'm just going to forgive you. I've, ri I've risen above all this nonsense and I'm just going to forgive you. That's bullshit. <laughs> Plain and simple. It doesn't work. And it isn't what, for, in my heart of hearts, is what forgiveness means. It also does not control the behavior of the other person. You can forgive them and still hold them responsible for what they did. I mean, it doesn't change that at all. It just changes your energy and your approach to it. And, and that's the most important part. And then it also does not determine what the relationship might be that you might have with the betrayer after the betrayer betrayal. I mean, that's still a matter of choice. You can forgive someone and never speak to them or forgive them and get back in relationship with them. And that's, those are all, that's a range of, of options uh, between those two. So what is true forgiveness? Well, it's a, a deep psychological process that actually increases your psyche. Last month, I talked about uh, how people can develop their PSYQ, their PsyQ, their psychological intelligence. And obviously, a betrayal is an opportunity to increase your psychological intelligence, to understand how you might have drawn that to you, what, what kind of reactions you had to it, how you can, uh, you can find a place for it in your heart, uh, and how you can forgive. So it's, it's really uh, an opportunity to uh, expand your consciousness. And, uh, and then it provides an opportunity to uh, learn what you hadn't learned before in your betrayals. So that's, that's the, probably the biggest part of forgiveness is that it, it's part of a process of saying, this stops here. I now know what I have been doing all along that's keeping betrayals alive in my life. And they're going to stop now. And I, this is how I'm going to deal with them. This is how I'm going to uh, finish whatever wasn't finished before. And and that, so it liberates you from seeing yourself as a victim. That's the other big one. Because a lot of people who are betrayed go into victimhood. And and they they're, uh, they curl up in a corner and suck their thumb and, and hope the world will, will take care of them. Well, that doesn't happen, obviously. That's not a, that's not a good option. I have a client who just ended a uh, a ten year relationship. Her her partner ended it, and she felt betrayed. But in in and she said I could have been one of those people who felt like a victim, but I didn't feel I was going to do that. And she went out and got herself a new job, moved to another city, bought a house in the new new city, and is moving on with her life. Not that she just still didn't have some grief from time to time and feel lonely from time to time. But she mobilized herself instead of becoming immobilized by the 
by the betrayal. And that's the worst thing that can happen if you just become totally immobilized by the your reaction to it. And then uh, it also helps you tame your demons. Betrayal is a demon. And you no longer have to carry that negative energy that that demon uh, uh, held in your life. And uh, that's that's the biggest part of it. So it, it really prevents your natural learning style from causing you to continue to have betrayals over and over again. And uh, it took me a while to learn that. I had two pages of betrayal before I learned that. How, any comments about that? Uh, yes, I'm very eager now to, to kind of go through this process myself because um, I've always considered uh, the forgiveness part the most difficult. And I think a lot of the times we avoid it. And again, we revert back to what's easier um, because it, it can be, you know, some lengthy processes to work through, yeah. uh, like you said, listing it out and, and going through all those steps of, um, you know, between the acknowledgement and, and figuring out, you know, who or who not was assigned to the conflict and the betrayal. And, and then again, you know, giving back, uh, and, and letting go and, and processing that in a way that allows you to, um, then, kind of disrupt that pattern. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a restoring a trust not in other people but in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of the whole forgiveness process that people miss is that when I forgive, I'm also in that process restoring my trust in myself. Exactly. That I can I can come out of this uh I, whenever I've had a major uh betrayal or conflict in my life, I always ask myself, do I want to come out of this worse off or better off? Well, of course, the answer is always better. off. Well, then I have to say, okay, what can I do to make sure that I come out uh, better off than worse off in this? Mm -hmm. well, then I take the actions I need to do to come to, to come out of it better off. And every, every betrayal, every major conflict I've had in my life, I've always managed to come out of it better off. In some way, in some ways it hurts and, you know, it takes its toll. But in other ways, I have found how to mobilize myself and, and be able to move on with my life. So it's very powerful. That's about what I want to say about betrayals and that inner demon. Uh, again, if you can begin to understand it, how it happens and how you may have inadvertently contributed to it happening by your own history of unhealed or unresolved behavioral or uh, uh, betrayal conflicts that that could have drawn that into your into your relationship and and, and it's really also uh, uh, it, it's I think it does increase our better understanding of ourselves our psychological our psyche our psychological intelligence. Uh, if we do the work around a betrayal, it's an opportunity, I, I say, to yeah. do work on yourself. And and it can, and it often does, even if in cases where couples come back together after a major betrayal, uh, they come back from a different place, mm -hmm. much closer and have much better understanding of each other and themselves. So it can deepen the relationship. Mm -hmm. A challenge like a betrayal, if met and, and 
and, and dealt with effectively can deepen a person's relationship, a couple's relationship. And I've often seen that happen. I can see that would be true. Uh, oftentimes the challenges and getting through the other side really do strengthen the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So next time I'm going to challenge another inner demon. And this is a big one. And this is shame. Mm. And so next episode, next week, I'm going to talk about how that happens, how it affects relationships and what to do about it. I'm looking forward to that one a lot too. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, as always, all of the self quizzes and guides that Dr. Weinhold references can be downloaded at the link in the show notes of today's podcast. And we thank everyone so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week, Ashley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information, please visit the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership at CICRCL.org or click the link in the show notes.